Our panel of break-fix petrolheads are back for another rousing what-should-I-buy debate. Using unique shopping criteria, they are challenged to find our first-time collector the best vehicle that will make their friends go, where do you get that? Or what the hell is wrong with you? At the next Cars and Coffee. What's up, everyone? It's your host, Brad, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Eric. Hey, So, GTM Northeast Region Chief Harry is looking for a new car specifically a wagon so we thought wouldn't it be fun to rally the troops and play another round of what should i buy wagons edition so harry why don't you tell us why you'd like to become a member of the long roof society by telling us what you're replacing and laying out your shopping criteria okay so currently the only vehicle my wife and i have is a 99 forerunner third gen best gen we're replacing a mini four-door that we leased. Good car, not a great car. Definitely looking for something a little bigger. My requirements are kind of unique because my wife is really hard on rims. Something with a big sidewall is really important, which is hard to find in nice cars. The higher you get in the model, the bigger the rim, the smaller the tire. So looking for some big tires, not big rims. Looking for something that says I've got class, but not money. Oddly enough, going to customers' houses and being seen around town, being in the small business, it's important to not be too flashy, but not looking like you're broke. So that's where the mini came in last time. That's also really important to us. Normally, I like to lease cars because I don't like to get committed to anything outside of my wife. I like three years, maybe two years, and change it out for something else. All right, so those are pretty much our requirements. I don't really have anything else. Don't need four-wheel drive. I got, we got the forerunner. I've got a bunch of trucks. Yeah, that's about it. Do you have a dollar requirement, Harry? Yeah, so looking like you have class but not money, that is the dollar requirement. So it's probably right. somewhere in that 30 to 50 range. Anything more than 50 to me would be, you know, I'd love to own a Merc wagon, but it's just too much money. Is there a age? Does it have to be within the last five years, seven years, three years, 10 years? Do you have, uh, are you looking new, used, any of those types of requirements? So the current fleet is my work truck, which is new, but beat. It's already got 33,000. The 99 Forerunner, and we have a 74 Alfa Romeo. So that is the current fleet. So something that is new in the last, maybe just off lease would be as old as I'm willing to go. So basically I'm looking for a new car. Okay. Uh, and we'll be really comfortable on road trips. A parameter that I didn't mention earlier, like being able to do five, 600 miles at a pretty good clip. All right, all right, all right. Now that we've properly chummed the water, the piranhas, I mean, the rest of tonight's panel of GTM members will submit some cars for you to consider. But before we get into it, I'd like to introduce Crutch, Mike Crutchfield. We've got his lovely wife, Chrissy, definitely the better half. We've got Hazmat. Definitely. <laughs> We've got Tanya hailing from Texas. We've got Andrew Mason. We've got a newcomer to the show, Rob Lors. And then, of course, you've met our Northeast Region Chief, Harry. All right, who wants to chime in first? Who's got a car for Harry? I've already got three or four, but I want to hear what the peanut gallery has to say. Before we start, there's one thing I have to point out. There's been a longstanding internal debate. Well, let's call it what it is. It's an argument within GTM about the differences between a wagon, a hatchback, and a liftback. While some might lump all of these cars together, we don't. Therefore, for tonight's purposes, 
To be considered a wagon, the vehicle must be built with a D-pillar. Vehicles like the VW GTI or the Subaru Impreza, though wagon-like, are considered hatchbacks and therefore disqualified. And with that, let's get into it. Given that criteria, your suite of available wagons has gotten very small over the years. You've got really the, the Buick Regal Torex, which is, I, I think it's, it's actually a very, a very attractive car. The Golf Sport Wagon, which ended production in 2019, which is still available new on dealer lots, as well as the all-wheel drive version of that, which it's you know, a neat little gimmick for them to sell more. But the problem I have with the, the newer Volkswagen wagons is they shopped the roof line on those wagons so much with the Mark 7s that it makes putting anything large in the back of that liftgate uh, really difficult. I have a feeling the Buick has a similar problem, but I'm not sure it's as pronounced as the Volkswagen. Are you saying I don't fit in the back of the Volkswagens? <laughs> you might... do in pieces. <laughs> <laughs> you might not fit in the Mark 7s in the back seat, but and the Mark 6 has just ended too, far, too long ago for the, the criteria, unfortunately. I guess another criteria that I didn't mention is the fact that we own a fleet of trucks, and I also own my pickup truck, so capacity of a wagon isn't really like we don't have to put shit in it we have but, other trucks to do most of the heavy hauling i do like just having the gent the space in general for grocery getting and whatnot like i like having the space versus having a grocery getter and the buick regal x is currently leading the charge and i can't believe it i've never owned actually i owned one gmc but i've never owned a gm vehicle before outside of that one piece of crap truck well so, i mean we, we actually have We've had wagons and we have a Passat sedan right now because unfortunately the U.S. was was cursed to not getting the wagon. But we actually have found that the trunk in the Passat holds a similar volume to what the back of our Jetta wagon held because the trunk is just massive. While it's nice to have the larger opening, if having that big empty cavernous space that fits large items isn't as big a deal, you know, looking at one of the sedans with a larger trunk for a grocery getter could still solve your problem. All right, so I'm going to throw it over to Chrissy because I want to hear what the, the, the other half of the Crutchfield dynasty has to say. I feel like he stole a lot of my stuff. <laughs> I think that under that 50K mark, especially if it's like an end of a lease, you can probably look at a Volvo, like an V70, which are nice, and they've updated, they've gotten away from the boxiness of it, which is nice too. I do like the Buick but at the same time, it's a little expensive for a Buick, in my opinion. And I do like the golf wagon, but like Mike said, the roof line's lower. However, you and Justine are shorter than Mike. So <laughs> I don't think that that's a problem. Sorry, hon. <laughs> Rob, you're new. You're fresh meat. Let's go for it. The Regal Torx actually only starts at like just under 30K. So price-wise, it sort of fits right in there. I was also going to say the only counteract to the sedan is I saw obviously that you have a dog and dogs don't like trunks. Dogs love hatchbacks and wagons. So I know for like for my family, we had a Jetta that my wife loved and we finally got rid of it and got her a Subaru Outback, which I would not suggest only because they switched all the CVTs and that's a pile of crap. But our Outback is a manual, so it's actually a ton of fun. And the dog loves being in the back of that thing and the kids love sliding around in it too. But yeah, I'd say the Buick should be the leading contender. I think if you go to the Volvo, it starts edging into that, like you have old money sort of feel, as opposed to just looking nice. It looks like you're loaded. A close friend, classmate's parents recently got rid of their Mazda 3 and picked up a pre-owned 
you know, V70 wagon. And literally the first joke in the first camping trip was like, oh, who died and left you a pile of money? Because it just seemed like that was the joke to make when you get a Volvo wagon. So the Buick wagon, we saw it at one hiking trip and it is gorgeous when properly outfitted. Like we walked up to it and my wife and I literally stopped in our tracks and both of us were like, what is that? Because at a distance across the way, it actually has a little bit of the look of the uh, the Jaguar wagons they made for a while that were pretty sweet looking, even though they I wouldn't necessarily want one, but they were pretty sweet looking. So it has a tinge of that Jaguar wagon look, a tinge of that Volvo wagon look, but it's a Buick. So no one thinks that you're rolling in dough and it, it looks pretty fly and has meets all the criteria. So it's tough to beat that option. Is the Volvo an old money look or just an old look? That's yeah. What does fly mean? If you have to ask, you are not. You're pretty fly for a white guy here. <laughs> exactly. It looked pretty, pretty awesome. I'll put it that way. It looked sleek and futuristic even, I would say. So, in whatever guise it was in, it was pretty awesome. So I, I would agree with you there, Rob. I really thought the, the Regal was a handsome car until I saw it in person. Yeah. And the photographs of it were much better than when I first saw it at the DC Auto Show a couple of years ago when it debuted. And the reason I say that is the concept Regal Torx was different in the rear. And what really turned me off is I didn't like the chrome and I didn't like the way it felt like the artist's pencil broke as he got mm -hmm. to the D pillar. And it's like, well, I don't really know what to do here. So I'm just gonna continue this chrome from the front all the way to the taillights. And if I owned one of those, and, and my wife considered one, as a matter of fact, and we ultimately ended up with a Cadillac instead, the first thing she said was, that needs to go away. Meaning, make that black, right? Because it, it's just a little bit ostentatious because the rest of the car doesn't have any chrome except for that large arch from the A pillar to the D pillar. That's, that's a GM thing. Just throw too much chrome everywhere. You buy a GM car if you want to look good. You got to get rid yeah, of chrome. GM loves the chrome. Styling is, is a personal thing. It's very subjective. I still think it, at the right angles, it is a good-looking car, but it is deceivingly large. And mm -hmm. I think that's another thing that I didn't realize from the photographs until I saw it. It's a very, very big car. Yeah, I think, I think it's similar length to the V70, which is not a small Volvo either. Oh, it's, it's bigger than the V70. It's huge. Is it? Yeah, but, yeah definitely. It, was, it had been backed into a spot. So that, that front three-quarter view, it is a gorgeous vehicle. Like, I mean, it's one of those, you definitely, you know, you stop yourself in a parking lot to look at it, which is amazing to say, let's call a spade a spade. We're saying this about a Buick, which is kind of ridiculous for a Buick made in the last 20 years. Like that's the car that your grandmother happened to have bought that you kind of laugh at. That's about it. It's a Vauxhall. Let's, yeah, let's that's be fair serious, which, right? Yeah, you, you mean exactly. an Opal, right? <clears throat> yeah, exactly. right? <laughs> it's, made, it's made in Germany. So checks that box. Other than the aesthetics of the Regal wagon, the other downside to the Regal, why we didn't get one, was when we looked at it from an economy standpoint, that Regal is so big and heavy, and it's powered by a two-liter turbo like everything is nowadays. The mileage was worse than the Cadillac we had. And so at that point, Jess... What was the mileage? It was So the Cadillac, the best it could ever do was like 24, and the Regal was worse than that. So it's not great. But if you don't care about fuel economy, then, it, then enjoy yourself. I, I would own a Mazda 5 You get bigger tires on it. They, like everything's an 18 and it goes to a 19 and that's why it's disqualified. Like I'd own a hatchback. You can't get bigger rims on it. I have to immediately swap out. Okay, Andrew. So what else do you want to say other than Buick? <sighs> well, I was going to say, I was going to say Outback. I didn't know about the CVT. I was not familiar with that, but up until hearing that, I mean, 
a Subaru is definitely not ostentatious. It definitely blends in. And if you need someone to work on it, it's a Subaru. They're like Legos. So that was going to be my out of the box pick. But yeah, I mean, just while Robin and uh, Crutch were talking, I was looking up that Buick and yeah, it's a good looking car. And I don't know, I'd definitely get one, get a driving one. But no, I don't have anything else. We went to the local Subaru dealer and he's been bothering me for probably about six months now. Like borderline harassment. That guy put a bad taste in my mouth. Was he sending you care packages full of granola and Birkenstocks too? It was pretty close. If he knew where I lived, he probably would have. During the pandemic, like the the heat of the moment, he's like, we're still open. You can come in and and order a car from the parking lot. I was like, Dave, I don't want your car. Thank you. I mean, the... The Outbacks are, are, I mean, we love ours and everybody who owns one loves them. I mean, there's a reason everybody who has an Outback buys another Outback because they're great. And just in the last eight months or almost a year, you can get the, whatever they call it, the XT model that has the turbocharged motor. So instead of dealing with that 178 horsepower, you get the 268 horsepower one. And it's only like a three or four mile per gallon hit. And so it's actually gets out of its own way. But the, the one complaint from anyone who's driven one, and I've had them as rental cars a few times because I'll, I'll seek them out because they feel familiar, which is nice, and they're much better than most of the crap you can get, is just that CVT drives you insane. I mean, you just, you're driving it, and you're like, everything about it just annoys me as I'm driving it. The biggest thing about Subaru is I, I have a shop down the road from me at uh, a friend of mine. It's a Subaru tuner. The beauty of those cars is if you haven't done a head gasket, wait, you'll do one soon. That's been the biggest problem with Subarus is they are just notoriously unreliable in that respect. They don't have the durability. And a lot of them that I see, for whatever reason, they just, they rot, you know, which, which really surprises me. I know that's probably less of an issue for Harry because he's not, you know, not probably not keeping it for 20 years. But those things rot and it's mm, not, not a good thing. Ours is a 98. We've had zero problems with that. The valve cover gaskets I've had to do, but I've done them myself because, as yeah. Andrew said, like they're a joke to work on. I, I drove up a pair of ramps, and half an hour later, they were both replaced. In a week, I'm replacing the, the power steering pump, and mine's got 170,000 miles on it. And that's yeah. like the first three things I've had to replace is, are those things. I should also say that the requirement for this car is about 5,000 miles a year. My wife yeah. works from home and doesn't leave the house. That's kind of where the leasing comes in because we can get a 10,000 mile lease and be okay. She doesn't drive. Worst case scenario, we just start driving my truck at the end. Why don't you just go go old school and buy some uh, classic station wagon? Yeah, you need a a late 80s grand marquee with wood paneling on the side. Actually, what I really want is one of those old Merc diesel wagons. That's what I want in the driveway. Nice 300 TD. Well, the nice thing about those is you can do those with veggie oil. Yeah, because I have so much veggie oil laying around. I'm just going to be able to (laughs) fill up all the time. Let's throw another choice out there. So, I mean, there are some old school options, and I think we'll get to that. But let's let's stay on this in the last two years, potentially be able to lease it or off-lease type of car. Does anybody else have anything in the hopper? I have a few, but continue. I want to hear from Tanya because she is against wagons. She's anti-wagon. She's she's perfect for this. I want to hear what she has to say. Not anti-wagon. I'm anti-people that pretend like wagons are the savior to to everything when in fact wagons have unfortunately 
gone to the wayside because SUVs have become more popular. So there's been people that are like, oh, I need a wagon because how could I possibly fit my groceries in a Camry? And it's like, you can fit your groceries for like six months in your Camry. Let's be real here. That's not why you want a wagon. Just admit that you like the styling and the aesthetics and the performance that a wagon brings you versus something like an SUV. Because unfortunately, I'm not in a station in life where I need an SUV and I don't want one. (laughs) An SUV is, they're kind of ugly. They're really big. They're fuel inefficient. They're not performance vehicles. You're not going to go trundling down mountain roads, really taking turns. You can still do that in a wagon because it's a really long car. And my, my problem with wagons is just people that aren't honest about why they like a wagon. It's like they're embarrassed to say they like a wagon. Just admit that you like the styling of a wagon. It's fine. I don't hate all of them. I mean, some of them are ugly, like like the old ones, okay? Who's out there trying to get one of those those Partridge Family wood panel style wagons? I would like love a Buick Roadmaster. No, no, I don't want no Oldsmobile, whatever they were, okay? But, you know, a nice, tastefully lowered A4 wagon with big rims and tinted windows. I mean, yes, please, I would definitely drive one of those if you gave it to me. Am I going to go choose one? No. But, I mean, there, there you have it. At the end of the day, depending what your use case is, this day and age, unfortunately, an SUV trumps out wagons and that's why they're disappearing because you get the same cargo space if not more have more than the the small 2.5 nuclear family you know you get third row seating and granted the third row isn't necessarily comfortable but for small children they can fit back there and you can still carry some things in the trunk you get all that space you get four-wheel drive you can also not get four-wheel drive you got ground clearance so you can go up into the mountains and the dirt roads and all that stuff and honestly you're not going to take your low riding wagon over tree trunks Uh, that's an exaggeration you're probably not going to take your suv either maybe a bronco but you know whatever but it's not as it's not as practical anymore and 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 they're just disappearing so my biggest gripe again is just people that aren't forthright with why they like wagons For us, it's very unique because, like, we want to be the the ideal wagon owner just for the aesthetic. I just don't – like, sedans just like, – they don't take my boxes. And they I don't rev my motor. I appreciate but... you saying that. But to Tanya's point, I did some fact-checking with respect to wagons because, you know, as, as she stated, a matter-of-factly, SUVs are taking over. They've been taking over for 15 years now, right? And so as I was doing my research – In 2010, so going back just 10 years, in the United States, this doesn't include like, you know, as Rob said, there were some Jaguars and some one-off wagons that they sold all of three of in the United States. But in 2010, there were 16 wagons available that you could choose from. That's pretty decent considering the number of manufacturers that actually bring cars to the States. In 2015, that number reduced by 50%. Five years later, we're down to eight wagons available. In 2019, six. And one of those six, I actually don't even consider it a wagon, and we'll go over that later. So your choices are getting slimmer and slimmer and slimmer every day. But Harry hit on something with the sidewall thing, with the tires, right? And I've heard the stories about the bent wheels, and, and, and I bought a set off of you, and yeah, they were, they were rough. I would say if that's a major thing, 
then maybe the wagon isn't the right choice and something like a Grand Cherokee or the new Bronco or something else is the right choice because it's the so same size. The Bronco is in the works. When I can get a Bronco, the Bronco is something I do want. Put a down payment on one today. Yeah, and get one in 2022, but I need a vehicle today. I hear yeah. you. I hear you. Like, I'm ready to buy next week. Gotcha. I have my sales guy from work all primed up. I think his dealership owns 42 different marquees. So I basically can get whatever I want. I just need to text him and say, this is the car I want. Please have it ready for me on this date. Are you limited to your manufacturer? Because if you don't want to go full SUV, there's obviously the small compact crossover type SUVs, the, the HRVs, the Honda HRVs of the world, if you will. So we were right before COVID like really shut shit down. We were about to buy a CX-5 really close. My, it's still probably the clubhouse leader for us. That really red CX-5 is just a really, really nice car. It's, it's a lifted wagon as Tanya kind of alluded to, didn't all out say it, but with that unibody chassis on those cars, those crossovers, they're just lifted wagon. So that, that's kind of where we were leaning towards actually staying down range in that CX-5. So we didn't get the bigger tires specifically. I mean, she is literally brutal. So I found out why though. My wife is only five foot two, maybe. She actually can't see the potholes in rural Pennsylvania. So she hits them because she's so short. It's like a little old lady driving. So she can't see the potholes and she just runs into them. And then I think of the TDI, we had a Volkswagen TDI for years. She, she went through four or five rims in a year. I bought her 16s to make it through the rest of our uh, payment. I might have a better suggestion. Leave Pennsylvania. Yeah. The problem is there's just not a lot of choices out there right now for wagons. And, and you're right. I, you know, I, I think your better option is to find a uh, small to mid-sized crossover because it fills all the same needs without having to, to get yourself stuck in a niche, which is the wagons right now. You know, as Eric was saying, you know, they went from, what, 18 to 9 wagons in, in 2019. But, you know, if you look at my favorite kind of cars, which are coupes, and the particularly three-door coupes, you know, they, they don't exist. Volkswagen doesn't sell those anymore. Okay, so Crutchman said a Regal, or the Buick Regal. Rob said the Buick Regal. Mr. Mason, I believe, said the Buick Regal in a bunch of other words. <laughs> uh, hazmat hasn't said anything tanya said <laughs> don't buy a wagon chrissy said mike stole her thunder eric do you want to chime in or should i go well i have a legitimate answer and then i have some other alternatives but if we're sticking within the last two years no, no i want the alternatives for sure oh we're definitely going to get there because they're good let yes. me tell you if we're sticking within the last two years if you want something that isn't too bougie that is going to be a great all-around car, doesn't suck fuel like it's going out of style, can handle the weather up in Pennsylvania, I would tell you to look at the A4 All-Road. It's a better looking car than the Regal. As good looking as the Regal is, like Tanya said, you tint the windows and put a set of wheels and tires, if you were doing that, on an A4, great car. Great handling car, excellent all-wheel drive. Yeah, two, and the A4 doesn't turbo. say you have a ton of money. It just says that you wanted that car. It's like owning the Beamer wagon. The Beamer wagon maybe exudes a little money, but just says you really wanted a wagon. 
the the all roads were always big money. They rivaled the uh, the S fours in certain respects because you know the S four was slammed on the ground station wagon. The all road was uh, up in the air station wagon. The, the the terrifying thing about those cars is it's an Audi, and I I have a friend. He bought an S four wagon. He has so far sunk thirty thousand dollars into it, and it still isn't done because it needed turbos and it needed a motor and it needed there's a laundry list you know and and that's that's kind of the problem with those cars is well see i think matt is talking about the a6 all road which the older all roads were notorious for having all kinds of issues mechanical issues electrical issues that's back when audi was junk now audi's just a little junky but they were real serious junk back then i think eric is talking about the new a4 based all road which is supposed to be a much better car and it uses a two liter turbo gti motor so it's a commodity engine which is much cheaper and if something does break it's a couple hundred bucks instead of a couple thousand dollars and i'm exaggerating there but it is a decent price differential if you look at what the a6 was and the a6 doesn't make my list for that very reason and it's also massive i mean it might as well be a yacht in comparison to the a4 and they did make a newer version of the a6 all road but again it's just too big for me and when you start comparing lengths and you're getting up above you know 195 inches i mean you're 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 starting to get into, you know, explorer territory, you know, in terms of sizes and, and vehicles that are bigger than a Jeep Grand Cherokee. I mean, stuff, it just, at that point, it, why do you need the wagon? Just, just buy an SUV. It's just too big, you know, in, in my opinion, but to each his own, right? Just to continue on that thought, if we go back to 2015 and you were considering something just a little bit older, maybe picking it up used, something from CarMax, I would tell you out of the list of the eight cars or maybe 10 cars that were available in 2015, knowing the criteria now that you have, I would actually lean you towards the Honda cross tour because again, a soft car, big car lift back with big puffy balloon tires comes in all wheel drive, same old K motor that was like in the TSX and, and, and that kind of thing also came with the V6 and it's cheap. It's a Honda. Well, Acura made one too. Yeah, to, to, I was going to touch on to add the class factor, you would get the Acura ZDX, which is essentially the, the cross tour in Acura trim. And it's a little bit better. I think it's better looking. It's more angular, more aggressive looking, I guess. They were a lot more expensive than the cross tours, but I, I think that would be a similar alternative. They didn't sell. No, so they're harder to and find. Our old bookkeeper had one. I haven't seen any of them other than that. Yeah, the cross tour. I, I got a neighbor with a cross tour, and that has not aged well looks wise. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree from a from a usability standpoint, it's perfect, right? It's balloon tires. It's it's they use it to putz around, you know, a few thousand miles a year at most in it, and you know they have uh, they have a dog and a daughter, so like the that like yeah. the tiniest point, right? The difference in my brain for a wagon is if you have a dog that's bigger than a Shih Tzu, a wagon helps a ton because then you can actually have a passenger and a dog if you want to go out camping and stuff, or keep at least your interior slightly clean but yeah that's the the cross tour it's a very usable functional vehicle but it's it's looks of not i mean i see it every day when i walk my dog outside and it's it hasn't aged well i find it interesting as a car guy but it's definitely more car guy interesting than traditional decent looking car the accurate looks pretty solid though i'm absolutely anal when it comes to cleaning my cars and all the vehicles get maintained outside of the miata you guys have seen the miata the miata is beat. It's currently sitting outside. Hasn't been started in four months. 
I think Harry's Miata is still carrying the same mud from 2018 Summer Bash. Shouldn't know. It is. The rest of my vehicles are all maintained. I really, really love detailing cars when I get to take Saturday and Sunday off from work. That is what I do in my free time to enjoy myself is uh, detail cars. So I really love it. That's why we bought the 4Runner, just so I didn't have a car that I, my wife could drive it as much as she wanted and ruin it and not wash it and take the dogs out and not have me freak out because I will. So Eric, what else is on your list? I'm not getting into the good ones yet, but if I go back another five years into the 2010s, there's some really interesting stuff there. Now I know it's out of Harry's criteria. I want to dive into the used car market just a, just a little bit, just for fun. Yeah, me too. I want to dive in too. We could maybe own one of those and a new car. Hmm. So when you all go, possibilities. When you go back to 2010, you have all sorts of weird one-offs like the Lexus you know wagons and the the Mazda 6s and all that kind of stuff but you also have some enthusiast cars in 2010 you got the 3 series BMWs the 5 series BMWs the Mercs you know the E-classes all that kind of stuff you've got a plethora of Volvos V50 70 XC70 which is still a wagon before it became an SUV but you also have stuff like the Cadillac CTS station wagon which, I mean, if you're a car guy, that's the holy grail of wagons. Good luck finding one of those. Knew, knew they were 60 grand, used their 70. But you don't have to get the V. That's true. That was my point. You can but they're also new, tiny. Knew they were 50 and used, they don't exist. <laughs> itty, itty bitty cars. They're teeny weeny cars inside. They're, they're normal size on the outside. Every auto show, I would go sit in those things because I was excited as an enthusiast to get in one. Even the passenger seat was too small, and I'm barely six feet tall. It's a tiny, tiny car. It really depends. But in the speaking of the Cadillac, I would tell you, having owned one, the SRX is not that much bigger. It actually isn't really bigger at all than the CTS wagon. It's up higher, bigger sidewalls. It drives like a Cadillac. It's got a GM engine that's been around for 100 years. The gas mileage was the only deterrent on the SRX. So it, I like the angular style. Looks, it looks like an elongated kind of stretched out CTS. And you can have one of those any day of the week. I will tell you, do a 2015 or a 2016 the last year uh, like we had because that's when they improved the Q system and, and a lot of the interior stuff. It's a lot better than the early ones. They just took care of some of the problems. And those cars are relatively inexpensive. If you wanted to go into that crossover and have a little bit more posh, I would, I would tell you that as an option. But I'm 5'10", just for the record. 5'10", I fit in I'm 5'11". I've, I've, I've instructed in Lotuses. I fit in every vehicle made. Yeah, no, and I normally can squeeze. I mean, I, I have a Miata. It is what it is. But, like, that car just felt claustrophobic coming out of any other vehicle I sat in, including, like, a Boxer or a Cayman. Like, you sit in that CTSV, and it's like you're in, you're in like, this weird little shell. It's the weirdest. It's, it's too small. It's comically small. So what I will say, though, is, I mean, if you take all the, you know, the Kia Rondos and the Hyundai Elantra Tourings and all that garbage and throw them away. Well, you're not, they you're scream like, money. They do. The Elantra Touring, I have a friend with, they actually like that car a lot. I, I do, too. And, and she raves about it. But what, I'm, <laughs> what else is in there is what Mike was getting at is if you go back to 2010, there is a Passat wagon, right? So if you're looking for a bigger Volkswagen, stuff like that. But I think you just, there's some other cars in that mix that I think we've forgotten about. And again, I was looking at, at these just block years to say what car 
was sold in that year. I don't know when they ended. I didn't do that much research to say, okay, they, they, they made the cross tour forever. I mean, when did they stop making the TSX wagon? That was actually a good looking car. If I look, if they made the cross tour through 15, I think they just sunsetted the cross tour a couple of years ago. So it'd probably like, be at the same time. It looks like 2014 was the last okay. one. Okay. You mean the European Honda Accord wagon? It, it was a, it was a pretty decent as wagons go. It wasn't bad. It wasn't nearly as weird as the, uh, was it the mid nineties Honda, the Honda Accord wagon. That was the weird angular, you know, flip up headlight front end and this modern rounded rear end that didn't match the front at all. If you go back to that 2010, I haven't researched this like you have Eric, but like my favorite looking wagon of sort of that 2000 or 2000, 2010, 2015 world is the Saab wagons. 9.5 wagon would be pretty Yeah, slick. those 9.5 wagons are really attractive cars. They drive pretty well. You can still get them with a stick if you wanted and you don't have to, but they had tons of space. They have like a little bit of the quirkiness with the key on the floor and stuff. And they drove, drove really well. And most of those sobs came with pretty big sidewalls that you wouldn't have any problems, you know, getting the smaller tires and those things. And those sob wagons are, are, I think, really, really attractive. Now, Harry, did the you beige. consider that the, the Essence model of the Tourex comes with an in-vehicle air ionizer? Oh so, my God. I mean, I don't know if any sobs have that. Air, air, up to it, air ionizer. So oh, it cleans the air as you're in it. So, so no, Harry, no matter how funky you are, it's just... That sounds like something I need. Yeah. So my wife, we, we're driving around in my, my at 150 today. My wife's complaining about my body odor the whole time because I work outside. I mean, I want to go back to what Andrew said. Now, Andrew, you said that there's an air ionizer. Is that in the Buick or is that, that in is another? built into the essence level trim of the Buick? Okay, so I, I have a much cheaper solution to this problem of air ionization. I put heard, the windows down. I, I heard recently that you can put a scented candle in your center console and that takes care of the problem. Buick has an opportunity right now because if they market this the right way and let people know there's an ionizer, but maybe modify so, it to kill COVID, how about how about it, it it cleans up its own carbon footprint as you drive it? How about oh, that? I'm not a big fan of the the the, the old like 1920s robber headlights. It looks like a raccoon on those those I late model they were, sobs. They're weird. I thought they were fly cars. I like the, the, the I'm trying to look up what years they had those wagons, but those the sob nine five. What does fly mean? <laughs> but Harry, Harry, I, I I mean I'll sell you I'll sell you my Golf Estate. You know, it's got a it's got a six cylinder. It's a wagon. You know, it's all good. It's a 2003 though. So. We know of another one coming down the pipe that's, too. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm trying to convince. Well, actually, she wants old cars, but she can't handle old cars. Every time she drives a four runner, she's like, "Oh, it made a clunk." I go, "Yeah, it's old. It makes clunks. That's what they do. They're old cars. You just have to deal with it." Shuts the door of the Alpha. Like, oh, it made a noise. Yeah, that's what it does. It's old. It makes noises. You just have to deal with them. So she's really a new car girl. All right, Tanya. 2009, by the way, for the Saab 95 wagon. Tanya, you said you had another one? Not in the 2010 to 2015 range. Oh, I, I don't even care about his criteria. I've got a whole bunch of stuff that I like. Harry be damned. His criteria means absolutely zero 
to me, and I'm about to lay into it, but I oh, want to hear what, what you got. It's on like Donkey Kong. Come on. <laughs> so, so Rob stole a little bit of my thunder there because if we're going to go older, 9-2-X arrow, what oh, a yeah. good-looking wagon. It's what a Subaru. Looking sob. I don't care. It looks better as a sob than a Subaru. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And I saw one like when I was in uh, Colorado the last time. There was a lady just trolling down the highway, and I was like, "Bam, that looks good." I've always yeah. really liked the Sabarus. One of my favorite cars in sedan form is the last nine five Arrow that they made. It's just a slick looking car. I had a buddy who bought one of those when he had his first kid and like got it like one year old, but brand new on the lot sort of thing. And I was yeah. with a stick. And I was like, if you sell that in the next two years, you better call me first. It's a <laughs> phenomenal car. He didn't, he still has it and he still loves it, but that's a good looking car. Yeah. I will say the, this, I have worked on a lot of cars over the years and I have never used so many expletives as when I work on a Swedish car. Well, and it's just one of those things that, as good looking as they are and whatever, I just can't. Right. And it's <laughs> the old ones were so easy to work on though. Like I remember like driving somewhere with a buddy in an old 900 and like the shift link had broke and we nursed it in third gear to some like truck stop and bought like literally a thing, a string, a couple things of bubble gum and some paper clips. And we rigged up the shifter so we could get like three or four of the gears for the rest of the way home. And we did it from inside the car. Like you take off one panel and you're like, there's the whole linkage. We'll just fix it. I mean, it was so easy to work on. The problem with sobs was at that time period, socialized medicine, because you got six months of time off. So you didn't feel like coming in tomorrow. You didn't come in, but Joe, who normally builds transmissions is putting interiors in, <laughs> you know, and then Joe goes, doesn't, doesn't feel like coming in. So the guy who normally mounts tires is building engines. I'm trying to remember when GM sold them. Ten years ago at this point yeah, almost. Was, 2009, I think, was the last year you could buy, a, like the last model year of yeah. an actual Saab. Saab Vegan is really high on my list of fantasy cars, though. I think, it's a, I think it's a vegan, though. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not plant-based. Vegan. Vegan? Vygon? It, it, it only runs on biofuel. You can't use regular <laughs> gas. You know, if, if, if you forced me to drive a station wagon, there's, there's, there's only one I'd drive. 90, 95 Impala SS wagon, which doesn't exist. But you buy a Caprice and you put all the Impala stuff on it. And those cars are badass. You can fit, I don't know, 12 of your best friends and a keg of beer. I think, well, Mike, I think Mike's got one of those too, right? You got a favorite wagon. Well, yeah, you just take the Magnum and buy a Hellcrate. Bolt right in. I, I rented a Magnum and with luggage in the back and there were four of us, it, it would wander down the road. I, it, it was. Yes. But how did it do it in autocross, Matt? Uh, <laughs> that would, that would have been the uh, Sebring convertible I rented. Thank you very much. I have instructed on track in a Magnum wagon. It's a big vehicle, but yeah. I'm not buying that for a track toy. I'm what buying it to put to shame to everyone with their sports cars off the traffic light while I'm hauling four by eight sheets of plywood. See, and that's the other upside to a wagon. It's like the ultimate sleeper, especially if you don't do anything fancy, but you got something juiced up under the hood and you just rip off from a, from a, from a light. It's like, did I just get pulled by a wagon? You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's like a matter of pride, you know? I, I, I got it. my doors blown off by a Buick Roadmaster. Yeah, oh, right? Shit. 
I think I'm going to kick it off here with some crazy town. I'm ready. I'm ready. (laughs) So before I get into it too crazy, I think the Buick Roadmaster is the only Buick Harry should consider for sure with a 350, a crate motor, maybe an LSX motor in there somewhere. You know, I agree. Also, I saw a Caprice wagon, which is the equivalent towing a car hauler with a Camaro on the back of it. And I was in love. That thing was amazing. Does he get to change? Does he get to change his last name to Griswold? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. He does. Yeah, but you put the Impala SS stuff on it, and the thing's badass. Yeah, exactly. So my next crazy town car is not too terribly crazy, but I mean, I, I would consider it, it's a pair of cars, either the E sixty three wagon, yeah. because everybody needs you know a six hundred horsepower wagon, yeah. or the RS six Avant. I think I think either one of those. The, well, I mean, the fact the fact that it's called an Avant just brings it up to that next level. So, of actually, a prestige. One of, my, one of my employees just bought a B5 Avant S4 for five hundred dollars, with like wow. seven seventy thousand miles on it. The guy wanted to sell it to someone who would love the car. This kid has been looking for the cars up and down the Eastern Seaboard for the last four or five years. He just finally got one. It's leaking oil and fluids out of every orifice that you can leak <laughs> fluids out of, but he has it. Well, as I, as I always said, most honest car ever sold, resale value right on the hood. <laughs> All right, next, it's, it's been touched on, but the, the V90 Volvo, or if you want to go something with bigger tires, you can do the cross-country version. The, the V90 regular wagon, you, at least when it first came out, had to be special ordered. They were only bringing the cross-tour you know, to deal or lots, you had to special order the, the non cross, I mean, cross country version. Next, I'm going to say a Stelvio and you lower it and you've got an Alfa Romeo wagon. I give you that. That's major points right there. Two of my favorites, a Mitsubishi Galant VR4. If they made a wagon version and you can get one right hand drive, I would bring one of those here. Maybe maybe in Japan, but I've never seen one. Yeah, I don't yeah. Think so you, so you'd have to bring I've, it here. I've seen the Evo wagons, but I haven't seen the yeah. The ones. Yeah. So yeah, like an old '90s Galant VR4. Then I've got two more. One, my all-time favorite is the the Chevy Nomad. Worthless wagon ever made because you can't put anything in it. But you can you can put horsepower in it, and that's all that matters. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you can put all kinds of horsepower in it. And you can put a lot of stereo in it too, and you can fit airbags in it. Uh, that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of stuff. That's a yeah, lot of stuff. You can fit a lot of things in it, and then that's the, all the most important things that you could fit in a wagon. Yes, horsepower, horsepower, kits, and stereo. That's yeah. that's all you need. And then, lastly, is something semi-serious. Have you thought about a Mach E? It's not a wagon. It's more like a liftback, and it's raised or whatever. But I think it would give you that that class that you're looking for because it's brand new. You know, and there aren't, I mean, nobody's got them on the street. And I, just, I think they're kind of cool. Yeah, it's definitely a consideration. We actually have access to the Ford fleet program, which gives us premium pricing on all of Ford's products. So Ford is definitely in the, it makes everything more attractive because everything's cheaper for us. Sure. Not a lot cheaper, just a, just a pinch. Just get a, wait for the VW buzz. <laughs> We're getting e-bussy. Really? I'm, I'm just waiting for Peugeot to make it back to America. So I get the Gary Busey. What, so, what, so you can get a 405 station wagon like back in the 80s? Those things were horrendous. That's what I'm waiting for. 
I got a P Peugeot pepper grinder. What one? To, uh, what a car to match. You could have got a model. You could get a Model X there, Harry, with the gullwing doors and and all that. Yeah, possibly, probably yeah, not, but yeah, maybe. No, maybe. Hey, is the is the Reliant Robin a wagon or is it just a hatchback? <laughs> That's a mistake. That's <laughs> a mistake. All right, I was gonna say I don't think Harry has any choice but to find a crossover. <laughs> no choice. No, as far as. My car, I'd, I'd take the wagon version of my car if I could. I got a 2016 SS. And in Australia, they just make one platform, apparently. And they're like, you can get it however you want it. You want it two doors, four doors, pickup truck, wagon. You want it LS3 or you want an LS, LSA with a blower. Like, they don't care. They'll, they'll make it for you. So that would be probably my ultimate wagon. But those aren't here. And I'd say the more <laughs> realistic option, the one that I've been noodling with Brad for a while, is find some mid 60s wagon something like mopar a body gmx platform something as small as possible which those things were actually like curb weighted under three thousand pounds find something with a dead six in it that i can get for five hundred dollars and throw thirty thousand dollars worth of parts at it and just have some kind of pro touring slash track something so that's my fantasy wagon i saw a holden hsv wagon when it was in new zealand yeah and i just i just stared at it for a while yeah, full size wagon, full send. The the wagons I liked were from the mid seventies. I had a uh, I had a Chevy Kingswood wagon, full size wagon. I paid fifty dollars for it. Best car I ever bought for fifty bucks. And the coolest thing about it was, you put the key in the in the back and you turned it, and if you you held it uh, just a little bit, and the window went up into the roof. If you held it, turned it further, the tailgate went into the uh, sunk into the body. And it was awesome. And it had the third row. It had the third row. We had 14 people in it one night. You know, that, and it was, you couldn't hurt it. I hit a building in Georgetown and set off the burglar alarm. <laughs> it's like that scene from Lost Bullet. And you guys all... Were those 14 people dead or alive? We're not sure. <laughs> Good Next Lord. podcast has to just be stories from Matt, by the way. Just 100%. <laughs> Is the, the title past. of next week's podcast, Y'all Be Yippin'? <laughs> <laughs> we touched on all the ones that, like, I mean, we talked about, like, the BMW 5 Series wagons when they existed, the 3 Series, which they finished making last year or the year before, the Volkswagens. What I like that's coming out but not going to be available here is the Arteon shooting brake Volkswagen. That's pretty. But also along those lines with a little bit higher price range is the R6 Avant. So it seemed different, I imagine. Yeah, and I liked my CTSV wagon, but then I was sad to hear that it's actually small inside. So, <laughs> so Mike, you got anything else you want to add to that? Because I think you and I share a similar unicorn that, that we would appreciate as a wagon. I well, already know which one it is. Well, I have a kind of an off-the-wall one that's, that hasn't been made for a few years. It's basically an old-school wagon that they call an SUV because of the platform, which is the Ford Flex. It's, oh, that was on my list. I was going to bring it up because yeah. a lot of guys really like the Flex. So I mean, what do you think it, of that, Harry? I love the Flex. My wife said, no, fuck you. That's actually her exact words. You can, you can go marry someone else. I, I agree. I agree with Justice. That's ugly. She said that Tim was ugly. I agree with you. It's ugly. What a smart woman yeah. you married. <laughs> well, I mean, if you want ugly, you just get an HHR. 
Is that a wagon? It, yes! I, I think the yes, HHR you, is a wagon. You ruined we it for found, me. We found an episode where the HHR is appropriate. Well, it is, then the PT Damn. Cruiser is the same thing. Man. Yes. Oh, my God. You're stealing them all because the third one in that mess is the Fiat 500L. All these, oh, tra- yeah. these yes. travesties. Doesn't the PT Cruiser turbos share the same oh. motor as the SRT4? Yes, it's yeah. the SRT4 oh. Neon. It's a neon wagon. And it's called the GT cruiser thank you very much correct with sticker wood paneling yes man i was gonna i was gonna end with the hhr you stole my thunder mike ah Harry, you know that might be the perfect car for you the chevrolet malibu max oh i forgot about that gigantic turd that thing is ugly sin But it's also lighter on fire with a candle seriously i'd rather an aztec slides back yeah, right. I'll take two Aztecs. <laughs> and you can have that thing. And a Via Cross. What, is, what the fuck was that thing called? The Via Cross? Yeah, the right. Via Cross is awesome. Yeah, but the, the, the Max was actually the same chassis as the Pontiac G6, even the Coupe. Mm-hmm. Because Pontiac was doing their whole wider is better thing still. So they're still doing their whole wider is better. So they you know wanted the longer wheelbase on the G6. So they took the Malibu Max's wheelbase rather than the Malibu's wheelbase for the G6. Uh, well, you know, the, the, other, the other nice thing, actually, and it's kind of the, the, the dark secret, is that was in the period where Chevrolet was selling everything as an SS. Yep. So you could get a Sonic SS or a Malibu Max SS. Yes. Cavalier SS. <laughs> What the fuck do you do with a Malibu Max SS? I'm not sure. It's a Cobalt, and it does the quarter mile faster than a GT3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, until you start it. <laughs> oh, don't be talking. Don't be talking smack about that HHR. That is a high quality vehicle, people. Uh, that chat went on so damn long, and that it was horrible. Everything about that whole. Every the whole tire thread was horrible. We were, that I'm was gonna, the era of so much SS that they made the SSR. I've got a question for you guys. Do, did they ever make a Panos wagon? Oh, well, God. so I had to bring up the HHR because it's sitting behind Brad right now. Uh, well, that's a nomad, but yes. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, he he he's Shots just talking fired! trash. He's just talking trash, but he knows not to come across my nomad. <laughs> But yes, by by our rules, I was going to bring it in as an exception because it does have a D pillar. It is actually considered a wagon when you look it up, and uh, that's in that 2010 range along with the PT Cruiser and uh, the Fiat 500L. Quickly replaced that, and if you want to be environmentally friendly, you can always go with the Ford C Max Energy. Oh yeah, yeah. Is that, is that that's actually a wagon? It's not a hatchback. It is considered a wagon. It has an extra window and a D pillar. So yes, it's a oh, it's a okay. it's a wagon. I think so does the Mini Clubman too. But yeah, the Mini Clubman's a wagon as well. I think they're yeah. done. I think they're Mini done Clubman's with Mini. Actually, actually, actually the Mini Clubman's actually in contention because I could lease it again until like could stay over until I could get my Bronco. Because the Clubman does have that D pillar. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a pseudo wagon. And barn doors. I mean, my holy grail of wagons is still like a, I'd rather have like a Volvo 850R. You get one of those tinted up and nice wheels and tires. That thing is phenomenal looking. Brown with a manual? Exactly. (laughs) I mean, you got a manual, you get over 300 horsepower. Yeah, brown brown with that weird blue color. The weird blue color. That's that's all you get. 
And if I don't <laughs> have enough money, like you can get the what's the other one, the V70R or something. Yeah, is, yep. is the other one that's like with the six speed and three hundred horsepower, pretty sweet too. They made the Camry with the dual, with, had the dual wipers on the back window. Oh, I know what you're talking about. No, yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be yeah. great. That thing you know? looks like it looks like a hearse from behind. Yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> the Magnum looks like a hearse. Yeah, the Magnum, that Magnum always looks like it's it's always in silver or well, black or some other monotone color. Some other color. <laughs> the Magnum is actually, I think, classified as an SUV. Because SUVs, you know, the manufacturer classifies them, but if the floor is laid It's an flat, SUV because it's on a Dodge truck platform, like every other Dodge ever made. They no, it's on a Mercedes E-Class platform. Yeah, it's the same as a Chrysler 300, which I was going to say, you can put the 300 front clip on them. I've seen them converted over. And it still looks like ass. Tanya, you got something? If we're going for hearse-like... The Ghostbusters. And, well, yes, but no, we're, we want hearse-like and also modern within the last five years. Lincoln MKT. Talk about oh it. god, like a hearse. What the I, hell I have one that? of those that lives on the street behind me. There's an older couple that has one of those. I see it every day. I'm trying to remember which one that was. It's the hearse. You it's gotta look hearse. it up. The Mark T, yeah, the yeah, MKT. Oh, Google God. it. It's, it looks if, like a hearse. If it's if it's not the hearse, it's the vehicle escorting the hearse. Yes. I thought that was a future home exclusive. I didn't know you could actually buy that. No. I, I just love the, the the logo. Like the Mark T was like wedged together funny. So it's like little M, little tiny K, and the T over the top. Well, like they tried to look stylish, and it's just dumb. The best part is when you can get the Mark T Blackwood edition with the pinstriping. <laughs> oh my god! Like who thought that was a good idea? <laughs> Come on, did, did you did you ever see the old money the man? Old money loves that shit. You need to get it with the, the the Boston top, the sort of fabric top across the back three quarters of it, even though it's like not oh, a convertible. Fuck me running, that's good. Right, the Boston Top, right? I think that's what it's called. Oh, shit. My first car was a Cutlass Supreme Coupe that had the back half, the back, just back over the back seat had vinyl over the roof. Yep. Landau. I think think it's called the Boston Top. I think that's what they called it. Oh, fuck me. That's so good. (laughs) Sure. It's it's the Boston Top. So the Landau Top. The Boston but have you ever seen a CTS a CTS with one of those? Because I have. Yeah. Oh God! So I, I, you know, I, I'll let Tanya go after me because I got to steal Mike's thunder since he stole mine for the HHR, which we're, we can revisit as many times as we like. Uh, I too many. as much as I've sworn off BMWs, and there's 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 two I would own in my in my lifetime if if I you know could find one two of those. Well, one is not a wagon. It's the Z4M Coupe. I like the Z4M Coupe. There's something about that car. But the other one, the other one would be that late, uh, kind of early 2000s 5 Series wagon. I thought they were very handsome cars. That was pre-Bangle, getting his hands on them and ruining them. You know, they were still kind of classy BMW, especially in black with some big, you know, HRE wheels or something like that. Or even... Do you imagine an M wagon? How nice would that be? That would have been awesome, yeah. Wasn't that the last time you could get? You actually could get an M5 Touring. Correct. In that Correct. in that style in Correct. that in There's, that in that yeah generation. They're Those super are... rare, but they look fantastic. Uh-huh. I, I, you know, again, I'm not I'm not super in the BMW camp, but I would definitely check that one off the list, Mike. So I like I actually like the E60 with the little cat eye tail lights, that was available as a 550. 
Mm-hmm. And that is basically an M5 wagon without some of the M bits. It yep. is a stunning car. And I always love one. But there is one car, if literally money was no object and I had all the time in the world to turn wrenches on it with spare engines and sure. parts and everything else. Can I steal your thunder? I'm going to steal your thunder. <laughs> I get my thunder stolen all the time. <laughs> go ahead. No, go ahead. The Passat WA wagon. Yeah, with the six-speed and <laughs> yes. all-wheel drive. You better yep. believe it. I looked for one. I looked pretty hard because I was going to get that instead of the Golf Estate. I just think those cars are super cool. I don't mind 4-liter W8. If it blows up, you put a 4-2 Audi motor in its place, it bolts right up. You know, it is two VRs together. You know, that motor sounds odd. And it's just, it's cool. It's different. It's very subdued. And in the right color scheme with the right wheels, it's a, a very attractive car. So I don't know, that, that's just me. I, I guess I like Euros and, and I'm sure Tanya will back me up on this. You go travel in Europe enough, especially over the last decade, wagons were everywhere. It was the hot commodity. It was the thing that everybody had. And all diesel. Yeah, and if you didn't have a wagon, you had a hatchback. I mean, a sedan yeah. and especially SUVs, that was not a thing. Even recently that, like my dad was over there with on a trip with my parents were the other set of parents and they had rented a, a Tiguan with the diesel and a six speed. And my dad was, would kill for one. He came home and he's like, why can't I have a car that gets 40 miles to the gallon, perfectly drives up hills all over the place, easily fits four adults with all the luggage in the world and was awesome. Because it kills uh, people I, allegedly. I, yeah. But he, he was like, I wish they would sell that over here. Instead he bought the final generation Forester that you could get with a stick. So he has a six-speed Forester that he loves. He's driven it down to Florida and back up. He lives in Massachusetts. So he loves his Forester wagon, but he bought like the the final year he could get a stick on it is when he bought that one because he refuses to ever own a car that has an automatic. So only manuals for him. Good, good. He's got got an A4 manual, like a newish A4 manual on that Forester, and then he has his 1989 SC from Europe. So So, Tanya, do you have anything you want to add in there, wagon you would own, just a fantasy thing? Well, first of all, I already own a wagon. It just doesn't have a D pillar. <laughs> just kidding. I've got a golf. Um, but I want to mention a terrible wagon just for the fun of it. The HHR. No, I'm going to go further back in time and suggest that the Plymouth Reliant wagon. Should... Oh, come on. What's wrong with the Plymouth Ooh. Reliant? Definite choice on anybody's wagon list. Let's not forget low, that. Low blow. Dishonorable mention right there. But if, I mean, I, uh, that's, yes, that's, but was it used by a Florida man? Probably. <laughs> Let's be real. It'll be Make out. It Florida man. Next week, there's going to be something. The Saab, the arrow that I mentioned earlier, I mean, that's beautiful, honestly, as a wagon. I, I would very much enjoy that car. I would also very much enjoy a 2000s vintage. RS4 wagon. I particularly like that style of the the A4s and S4s and done well or done right with the correct body package and wheel choice, etc. I mean, to me, they're very good looking. If I was buying today and what's currently available the last couple years, I I don't, I don't know. (laughs) I'd probably go look or an Audi, but I don't know. For Harry, good luck. I'm leaning towards the idea of just keep the Mini and wait for the Bronco to come out is probably the right decision. Dream Wagon, I want like Tomas's. And I believe Rob is talking about the A6 All-Road with like 
1500 horsepower that that can get through half a session on track before it overheats and needs to come off but in that half a session no one can keep up with i mean he's exactly fair but that thing just hauls (laughs) that thing is a friggin' rocket ship and sounds amazing at full chat and you got to get rid of the doll back stickers to get some level of sort of sleeperville but that thing is just on a different planet of awesome well with that let's get back to what do we think? What do we think Harry should buy, right? That is the premise of this particular episode. What should I buy? So what are we thinking for Harry? Do we have a vote? I mean, just we'll go around the horn real fast and just knee jerk. What do you think he should buy? All right, let's start with Mike. Uh, I mean, if he's sticking wagon, I, I'd still say Torex. Chrissy. The BLX, yeah. Matt. The, the, the Regal is probably the way to go. Rob. If it's new, it's got to be the Regal. If it's old, go sub. Andrew. Yeah. GMs aren't that bad. So, yeah, the Regal. Tanya. A crossover. Nice. You have to be a wagon. Fine. I would go seriously consider the Buick. I'm going to go with the A4 all-road. I'm the, I'm the oddball out. And then Brad. Uh, if it's old, I'm going Chevy Nomad. If it's new, I'm going Stelvio lowered. Because you got to be a true petrol head at some point in your life. Exactly. Well, he's already got an alpha. He's he already got alpha one. Now. He yeah, he doesn't need yeah, I have an alpha. Yeah, he he's needs, already got that. He, he needs an alpha that doesn't run on Monday and an alpha that doesn't run on Tuesday. Nice. So, Harry, is there anything else? Anything else you want to talk about? No, I think you guys hit everything uh, way more thorough than I thought you were going to. This was nice. <laughs> well, very I good. I, I'm definitely going to look at the Buick Regal. I have not seen it yet. It was in the leader house just because it fit all my criteria being a wagon and that's what i wanted i didn't want to own an scv and the listeners are going to tune in next time when we can hear all about harry's new hhr and on that utter disappointment (laughs) i think it's time it's time to end (laughs) so thank you all so much for joining us tonight i hope the listeners out there enjoyed it we never really do come to a decision or a consensus. I think this is the closest we've ever gotten. And I guess, Harry, the answer is Buick. So let us know how that goes. Roadmaster. Yeah, I'll let you know how the Buick is. I'm going to go lease one tomorrow. Nice. And don't forget your golf clubs. In full disclosure, our high-level assessment of all the cars on this list is really based on our members and our and owner experiences. We urge you to do your own research and fact check everything before committing to any one of these vehicles. GTM and Brad and I specifically, we're not responsible for your satisfaction, your happiness with whatever vehicle you choose. So make sure to visit you know, vehicle specific online forums and or owners clubs for highly detailed firsthand information on any vehicle you might be interested in. If you like what you've heard and want to learn more about GTM, be sure to check us out on www.gtmotorsports.org. You can also find us on Instagram at Grand Touring Motorsports. Also, if you want to get involved or have suggestions for future shows, you can call or text us at 202-630-1770 or send us an email at crewchief at gtmotorsports.org. We'd love to hear from you. Hey listeners, Crew Chief Eric here. Do you like what you've seen, heard, and read from GTM? 
Great, so do we, and we have a lot of fun doing it. But please remember, we're fueled by volunteers and remain a no annual fee organization, but we still need help to keep the momentum going so that we can continue to record, write, edit, and broadcast all of your favorite content. So be sure to visit www.patreon.com forward slash GT Motorsports or visit our website and click in the top right corner on the support and donate to learn how you can help.